Uh, uh, good, good afternoon. afternoon. Oh, good morning. Saturday morning, February 4th. You got Sam and I here. Ready to do one more week of no theme required. <laughs> yes, yes. The grand finale leading into the biggest game of the season. Super Bowl, is it 58, 57? Uh, good question. I should know this. Yikes. Yeah, we're we hosting know. a podcast and we don't know the number of Super Bowls. I want to say it's 58, though. Well, frankly, Super Bowl number is unimportant. True. So True. we're just going to guess. <laughs> I mean... I can't read Roman numerals, can you? No, I cannot, dude. In fact, there was a category on Jeopardy last night that was Roman numerals. 57. 57, yeah. L is 50, V5, and then the other ones are singles. Uh, yes, yes, correct, correct. All like right. the, the live Super Bowl. Yes. 54. <laughs> that's right, that's PGA right. Tour had a fit about it. Yes. Not, Not yet, yet, though. Right, Not right. Not yet, though. <laughs> we do have a Super Bowl repeat in the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, shit. They're not a repeat champion because the Bengals won. There is no, there is parody this year, actually. Yes, yes, there is. We do have parody. There is. Although the, every team but one was in the Final Four was the same. Or, or no, the whole NFC East, the whole NFC was different. Yes, Eagles, correct. Niners. And, and last, last year was what? Rams? Last year, oh, that's a great question. Who did the Rams play a championship game? I'm going to find that out now. Because it wasn't Rams-Bucks. No. the Bucks lost to the Rams, though, in the divisional round. That is true. Um, let's see. You know what? It was Niners-Rams last year. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Yep. So a little bit of parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny bit. Definitely. Tiny bit. Definitely. And then last year, the AFC championship was um, Bengals. Bengals. Bengals and Chiefs. Chiefs. Correct. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because the Chiefs choked that one hard. Yeah, they did. That's right. Real hard. That's right. That's right. Real fucking hard. So going in, into this matchup here, we wanted to talk a bit about the top storylines going into Super Bowl 57 played in Glendale, Arizona. Yeah, are you going to see a bunch of red and yellow confetti or green and white confetti? <laughs> Before I get into predictions, though, I agree with you. A bunch of great storylines here. Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni, both guys are going up against their former teams. I think Reid, definitely a much bigger pedigree with the Eagles in comparison to Sirianni. No doubt. With the Chiefs. I mean, Reid took them to four straight NFC Championship games, four straight division titles. Uh... One Super Bowl lost uh, against Tom Brady, which vaulted him to a beginning of his dynasty. That's but this, right. this is back when it was McNabb, Westbrook, Owens, Hank Basket, Brian uh, Dawkins. Yeah, Dawkins. Hell yeah. X. <laughs> so Reed's been, been coaching a long time. A lot of Super Bowl experience not coming to him and his staff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think Andy Reed's going to be pretty prepared going, going up against the Eagles. I don't think there's enough connection between him and Sirianni to really say that so-and-so has got their number. Um, let's look up their previous matchups to see who has a coaching edge. Right. And, and going back to your point here, when Andy Reid did spend his first 14 years as a head coach in Philly, um, they went to four straight NFC East 
championship games from 01 to 04. That's absolutely amazing. That is amazing. So he he was already cementing his legacy 20 plus years ago. Just absolutely wild. That, that is wild. wild. So, damn. Okay, so here's a fun fact. In the Chiefs-Eagles matchup, Andy Reid's never lost. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. He's won every time. Yes, yes. When he was with the Eagles, he won all three times they played. And with the Chiefs, he won all three times they played. Wow. Yeah. Interesting stat. That's a very cool stat. Okay. Yeah, because from, from, he was there from 14 years, right? 01 to, 0, to 15? Um, yes, because he's been with the Chiefs now for eight years. Okay, yeah, so 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, they, they, Philadelphia, they beat him 23-10 in 2001. Yeah. 37-31 in 2005. 34-14 in 09. And then the, the, the script was flipped. Uh, Chiefs beat the Eagles 26-16, 27-20, and then most recently in 2021, 42-30. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That is wild. That's actually really funny. He's undefeated in the Chiefs-Eagles matchup. No matter what side of the ball he is on. Yeah, no matter what. Uh, As the head coach, though, right. all, all five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that going to factor yeah. in at all to the odds predictions? Oh, that's a great question. What What is the current spread here? Uh, last I checked, it was the birds favored by two and a half. Two and a half? Yeah. Going into this check. matchup. Okay. Let's check. Let's check. Let's check. ESPN's got a whole tab dedicated to that. Gotta cool. love Espen, the wide world of I sports. Love it indeed. Let's jump to the matchup. Oh, that's not the what I want. I just want to go here. Almost. Let's go to scores. Boom, boom, boom. NFC, AFC. Who gives a fuck? All right, so it's Philadelphia minus one and a half. Yes. You got on there early. I'm pretty sure it opened at two and a half. I think it did, like the first day. It's. It's a, a toss-up game. Mm-hmm. I think it the is. only reason why it's not like an even pick type of game is because Patrick Mahomes' ankle. If he was even at 80%, I think he'll probably be about 80% because that'll be three weeks since the original one. True. Granted, playing on it last week definitely didn't help in the recovery process. Not, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was zero uh, recovery about – there was zero recovery at all. With regards to that ankle last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably put it in the game ready, took a bunch of uh, painkillers and whatnot, trying to get the swung down as much as they can, but fuck. A ankle sprain. It's still going to be lingering come this game. It will, dude. He he will not be his full self, but like we saw last week. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Last, last week. week. Yeah. Um, He still is a magician when it comes to running the ball and and opting out of a designed pass play. He, he still knows exactly what he's doing on, on the field. So... Yeah. It didn't really hinder him. No, no, it, it it really didn't. I mean, they they zoomed in on his his ankle multiple times in that game just to watch him run, and it was as though nothing much had had happened. So, quite an amazing turnaround there in just one week post injury. I will say some of those throws, you could tell he was doing the best job he could right to avoid putting any excess pressure that he had to. Mm-hmm. And a couple steps, you could just be, you could see he would wince. So you're like, yeah, it's definitely affecting him. But when he had to run, he had a first down run in the fourth quarter of the game uh, that really helps you extend that drive that was further extended by the late hit penalty going out of bounds. Right. Um, 
But yeah, when he had to put his foot in the ground, quite literally, and take off and run, he was able to do so successfully. Now, I don't think he's going to be mobile at all, and he proved against the Jaguars in the original game when it got hurt that he doesn't need to be a mobile quarterback to be successful. Very true. I mean, he can dip and dunk and hit Kelsey up the seam. He's got a lot of weapons on the outside still with Juju, and uh, he just finds a way to get the job done, man. He's a phenomenal freaking quarterback. He is. He is possibly one one of the greatest of our generation here. We are witnessing greatness right now. Um, now, besides Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the field here will obviously be the Eagles and uh, Nick Sirianni. He was first a quality control coach. I'm sorry, offensive con- control coach with the Chiefs. That was his first job control. in the NFL. Yeah, offensive control, quality control. It's they're probably synonymous. Yeah, he was basically the guy writing the practice script plays. He probably print all the shit out. Oh yeah, for sure. Break down on God knows how many hours of film. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. So okay, this is just a random aside here, but just talking about hours spent as a coach in any capacity. How many hours a week do you think Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni work as head coaches of their respective teams? You think it's 60 hours a week? Per week? Yeah, per week. For Andy Reid, more. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know the history with his son. Right. So, I don't, I think, was that their only kid, do you know? Ooh, that's, that's a, a good question. question. I'm not sure. Which, by the way, really sad story with Andy Reid's son. Yeah. You know, I'm not using that against them. We're trying to jest about that. Like, it's, it's honestly a situation that, you know, no parents have to go through. Right. Um, but right. what I was alluding towards is that I think his only real responsibilities outside of football, uh, I know he's married, um, but basically he's got his marriage and he's got football. And I don't know if he has any more kids or not. I think he only had one son. Um, and if that's the case, I'm going to say he spends upwards of like probably closer to 80 hours a week on football. That's absolutely amazing. 16-hour days. I mean, yeah, well, that's just during the, the week, but wow. But I also think that it's spread out throughout the course of the day. Like, I don't see Andy Reid as a guy that, that wakes up at 8. You know, he's probably up at 4.30. For sure. Probably, you know, I don't know what he does. He's probably got some kind of Pilates routine or something he does. <laughs> With like, how big he is. Like, 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 maybe he's got a dog. He walks. Something like that. But, yeah, he, he takes me as a guy that's up at 4.30 every fucking day. Doesn't matter. No days off. And, uh... After that, he probably watches some film, you know, gets breakfast with the wife, probably in the facility by, depending on practices, 8 o'clock, 8.30. Probably at the facility, I'd say, until probably, I'd say 10-hour day. I'd say he's there until about 6.30, 7 o'clock, heads home, gets dinner with the wife, probably does a little bit more film breakdown or pressure practice for the next day, mm-hmm. and he probably goes to bed. I mean... When you don't, don't have much else to do, and you're getting paid this much money, and you got to remember, too, the coaches, if you're going to coach NFL football, you got to love football. Yes, very true. It, it has to bleed through your veins. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because if you don't, then this job is going to be fucking miserable for you. Right. And you also don't make it this far in the field if you don't like football. You <laughs> yes. just don't. Exactly. You just don't. So, yeah, to go back to your question, I would say, I think 60 is like, a tad under of what they'll average per week during the yeah. season. Yeah. Off season, I'd say it's a lot less time, but I'll still think, and especially if you're a coaching staff that's been retained and you know who, who you're going to have, 
because um, you remember postseason, get, get the draft, so they'll, they'll probably be in. Well, they're 100 percent involved within the uh, the scouting process, as well as who they're going to draft, what they want, team needs, trades, etc. So yeah, as a head football coach, yeah, 80 hours, 60 to 80 hours. So here's a report that I'm reading right right now. Um, uh, it is back from 2013, but I'm sh- I'm sure the hours here have not changed much. Um, let's see. I, mean, I can they, tell you this way, man. Like, even just being at Monmouth and all the universities I worked at, yeah, all the head coaches there. I mean, they were one of the not one of the first ones in the building, but they were definitely there early. Mm-hmm. And then they would usually stay late. Mm-hmm. So I know look looking back, I mean. Ooh. I know that Coach Whipple and his staff were always there late. I mean, they would literally, I mean, after the game's over, the coaches are literally breaking down the film of that game on the plane home. Mm-hmm. They're making tags. They're charting the plays. Um, basically going over the results of the play, whether it's a penalty, the formations, you know, down and distance, time on the clock. Any situation. They got to tag it if it's a blitz pickup. They got to tag it if it's a special teams. They got to tag it. Big play, negative play, tackle for a loss. Like, they got so many things to fucking tag. So much meticulous work there. And yeah. uh, so so going off of that report here in, in 2013, uh, this is based on John Harbaugh. Um, so obviously not playing on next Sunday. But the reporter here is is just giving you a, a, a look at his day in the life of of John, so he allegedly wakes up at five fifty in the morning on a Monday. Um, calls his wife at eight. Has breakfast with the special teams guys at at eight thirty. Awesome. Um, preps for team meetings That's around at nine fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has a team meeting around one o'clock. Um, works out at at four thirty. Um, let's see at five. And then at six, he has uh, food with his assistant coaches. Sleeps in his office couch at eleven thirty p.m. Wow, wow! So a a quote from John, and I'm sure this is, does not differ among coach to coach in the NFL. Sleeping at the office is about maximizing my time. I can get more done if I eliminate time I'd I'd spend driving home. Plus, if I come home too late, chances are I'll wake up my wife. So, <laughs> interesting. I don't think. There's there's no badge of honor to be worn by sleeping at the office. No. None. Not anymore. No, dude. I used to think that like oh grind 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 oh no more grinds like oh what are you taking day off like fuck you bro like gotta grind. grind how dare grind. you take a nap? Yeah, no, well not not only that but like how dare you go home at a reasonable hour? And that you know? too, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. Not anymore. That's amazing. Just, just I get to it. think. Wow. But I think there's a lot of unnecessary meetings. I think that there's an. an uh, but there's a bunch of time that's wasted mm-hmm. just for the sake of formalities. Yeah. Like, do you need a team meeting every morning? Yeah. Like, do you, is that really necessary? <laughs> every morning? Probably not, every dude. Morning, followed by position meetings. Wow. Every morning. Wow, dude. And then you need another team meeting at the end of the day just to wrap up the day. Mm. No, you don't. You do it just for just so accountability so you know where they are. It's like, you're in a college crew. Right. I bet the NFL, it's got to be a little bit less than college. Really? I think so, on average for the yeah. player, yeah. Because sure. I mean, it's their sure. job. 
like you're not balancing school, you're not balancing uh, the sport, which is also the coaches think it's your job. Mm-hmm. It's I think overall because then you got to factor in like oh study hall hours and then you got of course again, more positional meetings again and film studies. So just from my experience being around the college side so much, and I think the Division One level just based on NCAA rules is a lot closer to the NFL than what I think the average person thinks. They're like, oh, this is just a part-time job for them. Negative. Full-time job. Yes. It's a full-time job. Yes, it is, dude. It's not as crazy as, like, you see some of those things online. It's like, oh, the life of a college football player. Like, 4.30, wake up. 6 o'clock, waits. 7 o'clock, breakfast. 7.15, team meeting. 7.30, in the locker room, getting dressed for practice. 8 o'clock, blue line. And then from there, 8 to 11 is practice. From after that, we got lift from 11.30 to 12.30. Then after that, 1 o'clock, got class until 7 p.m. Then we got 8 o'clock, team meeting. Then we got 9.30, lights out. <laughs> That's a hell of a day, dude. Jam packed. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. I yep. mean, it's kind of like that, but maybe just for football camp. Mm-hmm. After yeah. that, it, it, it during those those two or th- or three weeks, yeah. right? Right. It does get exactly. a little bit easier as far as balancing time. Right. But right. still, going back to your original point, it is beyond a full time commitment, though. Yes. Like, it's your life. Yes. It's your yes. Life. It really has to be. That's why these guys are getting up early too. I mean, right? McVay. I think he's starting to see the light. He's like, I love football, but I don't know if I want to like make football my persona. Right. Just who I am as a person. Commit my life to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's their identity. It's who they are. Very true. Yeah. Very true. And at at this point in Sean's career, he has more than enough money to retire and not work a, a day for the rest of his life. Yeah, he doesn't but, have to. Yeah. And you know that he'll like. It's almost a guarantee. I mean, he seems like a pretty well-spoken guy based upon, like, post-game press conferences. For sure. Uh, definitely analytical as fuck. Um, has a great memory, too. Yeah. So a he's going to get invited to be on all sorts of, um, like, pre-game shows, be a post-game analyst. Mm-hmm. He might do a play-by-play. Or he'll be invited on to, like, podcasts, guest appearances, etc. So Of course. And Mc- McVay is, you know, not to sound weird, but, like, not weird, but, you know. What? Right, we're weird now. <laughs> He's a good-looking guy, man. He, he is. Camera. Like, he is for He's sure. He's a good-looking guy. Yes. Like, there's nothing wrong with Sean McVay, and it seems he's got like a pretty interesting personality. Like, I can mm-hmm. I can totally go out and play golf with Sean McVay. Right. I had a great fucking time. He yeah. Seems like he's a cool dude to be around. You know. Mm-hmm. Crack mm-hmm. open a couple of beers. Yes. You think That's he's an IPA guy or like a <laughs> like a like a lighter amp like like just a lager? You know, if he has. Rooted himself fully in Los Angeles by now, uh, which I assume he has. I would take him as like a Pilsner guy, something a bit lighter. Yeah. Just because I mean, you I have agree. hot, hot days there, I and agree. sure, I, IPAs are <laughs> off the charts awesome. But <laughs> you're not drinking an IPA in Miami. No, no, you are not. Uh, can I get a hazy? You know? It's like go fuck yourself, man. Go back up to the outside. fucking Pacific Northwest where it's yeah. 45 and raining. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're in there, though. You need definitely a lighter beer guy. Yes, for sure. He's definitely for sure. a lighter beer guy. All right. I'll have to ask him. I'll tweet him. Dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dear Coach McVay. I like that. Your season is over. And my friend and I had a question. <laughs> they want to put it in our podcast. You have to come on. We just want the answer. Right, right. What kind of beer do you like? Yes. Maybe I'll send him a DM. Yeah. Worth, it's worth a shot. It's an innocent enough question. It's worth a shot. Yeah, dude. It to- it's totally worth a shot. Um, By the way, you ever want to come play golf? Yes. I live right next to Chambers Bay. Come on out. Play yeah. Beautiful course, dude. 
Hard, hard course, yeah, I dude. I convince him to come out and play golf at Chambers Bay. That would be wild, dude. <laughs> They're like, you can pay for it, though, because it's really expensive. <laughs> you got plenty of money to blow. We'll get some caddies. We'll go out and have a good time. We can talk about sports. We uh-huh. can talk about football. Uh-huh. Or we can talk about football. Yeah. We can talk about whatever you want to, Sean McVay. Yeah. I would love to have that. That would oh, be pretty speaking awesome. Speaking of which, uh, 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 other S names. Mm-hmm. You ever start that Stephen A. Smith? <laughs> I knew you would ask about that, dude. Um, besides the podcast in which we talked about it, I have not looked or read at all about the I've the book either. since. So, so so far we are both failing my challenge. <laughs> Your eighteen and ninety. I'm sorry, eighteen dollars and ninety five cents challenge. I, yeah. I think it was marked at that yeah. price because it, it was reduced by I don't know fifteen twenty percent. It was. I think it was originally twenty two twenty three. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Yeah. Dude, oh, Stephen A. What a man. Hopefully, it's doing going well. Hopefully, what it's going well. A legend. Speak, speaking of legends here, um, we can also talk about the felt the fact uh, that Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey are the first brothers in NFL history to play against each other in the Super Bowl. That's badass, dude. Obviously, both legends, both future first ballot Hall of Famers, um, and so. Going back to my point about them being brothers, uh, the twins, Jason and Devin McCourty, back with the Patriots, that they were the first pair of brothers to appear in the Super Bowl, but they obviously play on the same team. So this is the first time you got bros on opposite lines of the scrimmage. Yeah. Is, Just is, like is the hardball bowl. Right. I think, not to take the shot away from the Kelsey brothers, that's more impressive. Yeah. There's only 32 jobs. And there's like 1,100 positions on, on football. Right, right. You know, 50 man rosters, estimating 32 teams. Yeah, 1,500 mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So, still awesome. Crazy storyline. I mean, who do you cheer for? It's win-win if you're the parents. It really is. I mean, someone's really going to win. But yeah. then again, you know, someone's always going to have a better story at the Thanksgiving table. Mm-hmm. It's too bad one doesn't play offense and one doesn't play defense. Yeah, that would be really fun. See him go like directly head-to-head. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy seeing brother matchups. There was one in the uh, NCAA lacrosse tournament last year. I forget, the, I forget their name, but two brothers are playing against each other. I think for Maryland, the other one played for, I want to say, Cornell. Um, and it was just pretty funny because one did play, well, one was offensive midi and, and another one was also a midfielder. So at one point they were matched up on each other. Mm-hmm. And they were literally just like smiling the whole time they were playing. That's actually a pretty sweet pick of it. That's fantastic. Maryland got the last laugh, of course, but. I do enjoy seeing a little sibling rivalry out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what I wonder um, with Travis and Jason, before they got all the money from being in the NFL and growing up with their parents, how much a week do you think their parents spent on food to keep those those boys fed? <laughs> well, I, I saw a picture of them when they were both at Cincinnati. Oh, yeah? And um, Travis... Did not, but did, I feel like he grew in college because he didn't look nearly as tall as he is now. So, um, and then uh, J- Jason, like, here, I'll show you the pic. Okay, yeah. Let me just pull it up right now. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. What about the Cincinnati, which I did not know? Right, right. I, I, I know Travis went there. I, I wasn't sure where Jason went, but that is, that is interesting, though. Yeah. Look at them. Back in the day, dude. So, yeah. I mean, like, wow. definitely a big guy. Yeah, for sure. J- Jason Kelsey as well. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> it's pretty sick having That's just, just two NFL pick. players that are both brothers on your team. Right, right, dude. Absolutely amazing, dude. And just standing there in that picture, do you think they even realized what was going to happen to them Not at all. five plus years for, from that date? Both of them, Absolutely. all pros. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> arguably some of the best ever. Yeah. Arguably. Yeah. I mean, sure. Travis Kelsey, there's there's a lot of tight ends in front of you that have a much better case so far simply for playing longer. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Gronkowski, I mean, he did eight years, but he had, it was the most dominant eight years that you've ever seen. Oh, blocking, catching, just with anything. With, oh, man. Anyway, before I go about Gronkowski here, <laughs> a lot of tight ends in front of him. Sharp, um, Tony Gates, Gonzalez, Gonzalez, yep, and then obviously the Gronk. So you know you could put him in the top five. I know I'm missing some, probably. Let's see here, off the top of my head. All right, that there's an article out there. Is Travis Kelsey the best tight end of all time? Where does he compare among the legends? Um. Dude, I mean, he is on the verge right now of 10,000 I mean, up there just receiving yards. He just longevity. Past that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I would say T. Kelsey right now at, at, at the number five spot makes absolute sense. Because you have Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp, Jason Witten. Um, can't forget about that, man. And, the, and then, of course, T. Kelsey. That's just there uh, for most, most receiving yards. yards. Yeah. And... and- Kelsey will probably get the all-time record. I mean, I think he will, barring any crazy injuries. Right, right. Simply because of the offense. Yeah, very true. Like I said Gronkowski just did it in less years. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and he was also like riddled with injuries. He missed a bunch of games. That's too. right, dude. He had like a torn ACL, UCL too with his he, elbow. The elbow one that got infected too when he broke oh, his arm. Oh, he right, right, right. That's that, right. Almost, that almost ended his career. Like yeah. you don't realize how close it was to like it basically yeah. happened to Alex Smith. Uh-huh. You know, just, just surgery gets infected and mm-hmm. all sorts of things can go wrong. So, yeah, he's lucky to even come back from that. Right, very true. Oh, damn, dude. I mean, again, it's really hard to put Travis Kelsey in top five all time. Yeah, I know that statistically he's up there in a lot of those categories. But some of the names that I just aforementioned, you know, Gronkowski, he's definitely a top five tight end. So uh, the six names that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. who do you drop out of top five? Oh, who do I drop out of the Between top Gates, five? Gates, Gonzalez, Gronkowski, Sharp, hmm. Witten. That's a great question, dude. Damn. I think if I were to see... Because, because I mean, we can both agree Gronkowski is a top five, right? Yes, for sure. For sure. So he's a lock. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. a lock. And then the, the, I think the other ones, ones, I mean... You're I'm talking about consistency. consistency. You, you got, got Flash and Flair with Shannon Sharp. Right. I mean, he kind of he was more of the pioneer of like the big downfield threat receiving uh-huh. tight end. Right. Right. I mean, but before him, there was the uh, I always forget his fucking name, but it was the Cowboys tight end back in the uh, Troy Aikman years. Uh, tall white guy. Can't remember his freaking name. I always forget his name. <laughs> I was Prior to Witten, Cowboys have always had a white tight end, by the way. Yes. With the exception of like Martellus Bennett. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, it's it's tough to say because all those players were absolutely amazing. It's it's tough that um, to to drop one Hall of 
Famer versus all these other guys. Right? Shit, dude. Right? That's a, that's a question. Because right again, again, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's a pretty big consensus that Gronkowski is a top five. Yes, for sure, for sure. Okay, so if you have to include him, yes. If I were to include my top five all-time rankings as of right now, number one, Tony Gonzalez. Number two, and and this this does have a bit of bias just because I watched these these players growing up. Um, number two, I would put Jason. Three, Antonio Gates. Four, Gronk, and five, Travis Kelsey. Wow. Yeah. Rock at four. Yeah. He's, he's my, my number one. one. Yeah. Yeah. All time. Yeah. Did everything the best. Mm-hmm. Again, the numbers for his career. Right. They, they don't show how dominant he was. Right. Just because he doesn't have the most receptions, doesn't have the most yards, because he was involved in a Bill Belichick team that was like, hey, you want to play in tight end on this team? You got to be able to block. He was basically a sixth down lineman uh, for the offense <laughs> and. Right. That's why Tom Brady was so successful, too, because he always had someone to block for him. Um, good point, dude. Very good point. And, and just the biggest guy, one of the biggest guys, 280 pounds. Defenses had to ever. Couldn't, couldn't bring him down. I mean, there were, he, he would shake and then shed like a total of six tacklers in plays. It was incredible to watch. Uh-huh. Again, hands down, just just most dominant. I love it. I love it. And then... An, from there, you know, two through four or, or two through five, it's kind of a toss-up with the rest of them. Because what are you looking at? You're looking at longevity. You're looking at just yards and records. I mean, does that highlight and equal, you know, which one do you weigh more as far as impact? And then could you go to Super Bowls potentially to help weigh those in as well? So flashiness, again, didn't watch Shannon Sharp play that much. Right. But I know that NFL Blitz... Back in like 1998, he was the best player in the game. He was just like a 99 speed. So, <laughs> 99 speed for yeah, a tight end. He was fucking fast. Damn, dude. So Shannon Sharp, Witten, Gonzalez, Gates. Gates did it for what? 16 years. Gonzalez did it 13 or 14 years. Witten, I think it was 15. No, yeah. I think it was 12 seasons as well. So all these guys are Iron Men, and Witten barely missed a game. That's dude, right. Like, that's one of his. Uh huh. One of his things, like. He was an Iron Man at tight end. He's so he definitely was. Fuck, dude. It's really hard to rank. And then you throw Travis Kelsey in the mix, and you're like, you know, right now, you're just on the outside looking in. Uh huh. Will he be at the end of his career? Probably not. I think the one that's got the best likelihood of getting knocked out of consideration would probably be Jason Witten, simply because you know, no rings, wasn't flashy. He's just a consistent guy that got, sure. you know, four to six catches a game and would have a bunch of key and clutch, like, third down conversions. He always knew where the sticks were. Mm-hmm. He'd always just sit in those damn holes. So I would say Witten just because zero flash. Yeah. Just, like, generic white dude. <laughs> Who also made for a terrible commentator. Wow. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was not he a great tried. play-by-play. He got better. Uh, yeah, for he, sure. He tried. For sure. But you know what? The other tight end, Greg Olson, is is a good. He does a, he does a good job. Okay, I, I like him in the so let's in pivot the play this a little bit. Yeah, because I know that you heard about the Tony Romo intervention um, that CBS was giving him. No, I did not. You didn't hear about that. Okay, so while Sam types, like a little backstory here. Um, according to sources, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, CBS 
was going to have an intervention with Tony Romo with regards to his broadcasting. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess, guess there, people think that he's starting to kind of fall off. And um, what's his name? Uh, the guy that does all the college culture impressions does a really good Tony Romo impression oh. as well. Which here, play, play on your computer because your speakers are up. Sure. Okay. Um, just Google Tony Romo play-by-play impression. Okay, yeah. Because I, I forget on YouTube. the guy's name. But he, he does like Nick Saban and shit like that. Oh, that's fun. That's but, fun. No, he, he's, he's so fucking good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Tiki, tacky, talky, toky. Oh, it's this guy, Frank Calendo. No, 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 oh, okay. No, no. It's it's like this white guy with glasses. Uh, that guy. This guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Joy Merlino. Gotcha. Yeah. Take a listen. Turn it. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's almost over. great impressions that's if, wonderful dude. if you haven't watched his other impressions i um, need to watch his stuff his okay joey molinero yeah, yeah. there you go okay, okay he does a lot of good college that's ones. fantastic a lot of good college ones. that's fantastic i really enjoy that shit it's pretty accurate too. oh yeah uh, he definitely gets his mannerisms like spot on mm-hmm. but i still think tony Romo does a great job yeah um i've never thought that his insight into the game was a negative aspect of his commentary i will i, I you know what yeah, I have very little, like few negative things to comment about. I think sometimes he tries to be too predictive, um, and and like really take a deep dive in there. But mm-hmm. that one run he had, his first year commentating, when he was like literally calling what Belichick right. was doing. Right. It's like he had a mic down to the fucking defensive coordinators, you know, to be like, "Yo, this is gonna happen. Edelman's gonna rub here. He's gonna get one man to man coverage. Hit him in the middle. Then he gets a rub man to man. Hits him in the middle. It's crazy. <laughs> fucking calls it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fun, dude. That's I think fun. Roman likes golfing too much, or else he'd probably be into coaching. Probably, dude. Yeah. Probably. Damn, I I totally forgot. So he signed that ten-year deal worth 180 million back in 2017. Oh yeah. Wow. Like he was like one of the first 
uh, commentators to really just go out and get paid. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Tom, Tom Brady, Brady can, can thank him for like setting that bar. Yeah. So they will be, um, they will be the combo for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Wow. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Tony Romo's back in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they also called the game uh, two years ago as yeah. well. Yeah. Because I remember all the memes were like, oh, Romo finally got to a Super Bowl. Right. Right. And he did. <laughs> he just wasn't playing in it. That's, that's a good point. I like that. I like that. Um, so going on here, but what I thought also was a, an interesting storyline is two high school teammates are playing against each other in this game. So you have Willie Gay Jr., who's a linebacker on the Chiefs, playing against A.J. Brown, a receiver on the Eagles. Um, this is fun, dude. This is really, really fun. I doubt we'll see Gay actually cover A.J. Brown <laughs> because Gay obviously is a linebacker, but... Still, though, these, these guys go back to 2015 when they won a state title in Mississippi at, at uh, Starkville High School. Ab- absolutely amazing, dude. <laughs> Good for them. Right? Right? Small world. Yeah, yeah. But that also makes me, me feel old because they graduated high school in 2015. I graduated college in 2015. I graduated college in 2013. <laughs> You're not that old, Sam. No, I'm not. It's I'm not. Like, they graduated... This year. <laughs> true, true. Age I'm, is just a number. I'm 10 years away from my 10-year college reunion. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Like, yeah, 2013. Uh-huh. It's 2023. Uh-huh. Fucking A. Wow. High school was 20 years ago. No, yeah. it wasn't. Nah, dude. That math doesn't add up. Nah, nah. 14 years ago. I went to my high school reunion uh, last September. Yes. Yeah, although right. it was delayed by, by one year due to COVID, but... I went to a high school reunion. It was a good time. Yeah. Only like 14 people showed up. Same here, dude. Minimal. Like like we had a graduating class of probably close to 230, 250. Mm -hmm. It was a big class, dude. And 14, 15 folks showed up. It's like, oh, hey. How you doing? You're kids, right? (laughs) Crazy. I will never talk to you again in the next 10 years. Okay. Right? I was like, yeah, we should do this again sometime. Like 10 years. I'll mark that on my calendar. Yep, yep. Someone can organize it. The 20 year reunion. Oh my god. The class, class of 09. Class of 09, dude. Yeah. That's wild. Summer 09. Mm hmm. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Was that a good year for you? Yeah. Back why in not? the day? 2009? Hell yeah. Oh, great year, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just living, yeah. living the summer dream at the beach. Mm. Yeah, great year. Yes. 2009, why not? Yes, why not? dude. I like that. I like that. All right. Is this. A legacy game for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid because uh, yes, okay, for sure. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) Carry your point. So if 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 we look beyond just the surface here, Patrick Mahomes could become the 13th quarterback in NFL history to win two rings. Just the 13th, dude. Obviously, you know the other 12. Um, I mean, it it has to be the Manning Bros, TB12, Joe Montana. Terry Bradshaw. Uh, did Roger Staubach win win two with the Cowboys or just one? One. One. Okay. One. Okay. But uh, Troy Troy Aikman though, one. you you can add, add add him to that list. Yeah. He won two or three. I, I want to say he won three because they were all in in the nineties, right? Yeah. <clears throat> it was like every other year. Yeah. Ninety four, ninety five. Right. Ninety seven. 
no, 97. That's, that sounds about right. I, I think, think that's, that's what it is. Jimmy Johnson. Because it wasn't back-to-back. Back. Right. Okay, let's see, let's see. And then it was like 69 and like 74. Because Bart Starr has one. Roger yes, Fallback has one. Aikman has three. Right. I think, right. Right. Now, now Bart Starr has a ring with the Cowboys, but he also won one with the, the Packers. Oh. So then he has two. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 I don't uh, know much about Bart Starr. I just know that he played for the Cowboys and had a Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. Um, I want to say so. Okay, their first win was in 1972. 72. Yep. Okay. Yep. That was the the Bart Starr year. Yep. 78. Who was the quarterback for Stalbeck. that? Oh, yeah, sure. Right, right. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then, obviously, Troy Aikman in 94, 93, and 96. 94, 93, 96. Yep. 93, 94. Oh, so it was back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Dude, their their first win. So their their win the year I was born in 1993, 152 to 17 against the Bills. The Bills, yeah. Smacked them. That was... Uh, was that the, the, the years of... of four. For the Bills. Right, when yeah, Jim Kelly was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Frank Frank Reich was his, his backup. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Did he, not know that. Yep, yep. Cowboys lore. <laughs> it really is lore at this point. <laughs> it really is. So far back into history. Wow, dude. Well, they will have to wait an, another year. But, Look um, up that tight end while I have that pulled up. I'm sorry? Look up that tight end while you have that pulled up. Just go to the Dallas Cowboys oh. Wikipedia page. Yeah. It's right there. Got first link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Scroll down. It should be like a Super Bowl's tab. Oh, yes. Uh, it should be head coaches and staff. Oi. Oi. Where are the players of note, current roster, Soup. I guess. With, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, oh, whoops. I want one from like the 1990s. Yeah. Okay. I got you. 96 roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's check out those typing skills. Uh, okay. Let's see. Going back into the annals of time, the archives. Tight end, starting tight end, Eric Bjornsson. Was that a fucking word? Oh, wow. <laughs> Is Eric Bjornsson Icelandic? Damn, dude. Uh, it was not Bjornsson. Okay, okay. It, maybe it was. Novacek! Jay Novacek. Look at that. That's what I couldn't think of. Yeah. Big fucking white guy. Big white guy. He looks like a farm boy. Yeah. Yeah. I need a 95. Five-time Pro Bowler. Yeah. Wow. Number 21 greatest tight ends of all time. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Right on. I think so. Jay Novacek. College Football Hall of Fame. Oh, look at that. Maybe not the regular Hall of Fame. Yeah, just college football. Okay. It was good. Now, where did he go to school? Uh, Wyoming. Oh, so he is a farm boy. Yes, he for, is, sure. Yeah. for sure. He's from Martin, South Dakota. Yes. Guess the population. I'm going to say... Oh. <laughs> 2,180. Ooh. I'm going to say... Oh, wow. I'm going to say 516. You're closer. Yeah? It's 938. <laughs> In 2020. Oh, no way, dude. Southwestern... Uh, South Dakota? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. You're on the border. That is there in fun Wyoming. as hell, dude. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what yours. I should have said five hundred. Yeah. That's yeah. Not two thousand. I was like maybe a small little like city. Right. Right. Would you call a city out there. Mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. it's like one of the least densely populated states in, in the country. I think Wyoming actually is the least densely populated state in the country outside of Alaska. In the Conus, I think Wyoming is. There's like Alaska thousand people. Well, in Conus. Oh, I'm sorry. In Conus. Like, obviously, it's Alaska. It's the size of the U.S. Wyoming um, is number fifty. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. At only five hundred and seventy-nine thousand. Yeah, not wow. even a million people. Not even a, mil- a million. And like, people. and like, ha- yeah. almost, almost half of those live in Cheyenne or Laramie. Right, right. Seriously, Wyoming's pop- population at eighty-three point seven percent white. Yeah. Yep, that'll yeah. do it. It's, it's just, just desolate. desolate. Yes. Have you ever driven driven through Wyoming? I sure have. My yeah. my mom and I, when we went on a road trip out to Colorado in 2019, on the way back, we stopped at a bakery in Laramie. It was absolutely amazing. But yeah. to your point, Wyoming is full of nothing. 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 <laughs> nothing. That's exactly what it is. After after a little America, you're like, I got four more hours of just Oh, my God. Dude. Every now and again, oh, let's go look at the Sinclair gas station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In farmland. A lot of... How like about that? Great outdoors things to do there, though. I mean, mm-hmm. there are places I was driving past, and I was like, yo, we should definitely come back here at some point and like check these places out. Yeah. These are kind of cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Probably some great hiking out there. I would imagine it's, so. It's basically a desert. It yeah. is the desert. It is. It's the high desert. Uh-huh. That's what the landmass is. Very true, dude. Very true. Yeah, their, uh, their state flag is a buffalo. Very nice. Yes. Very cool, dude. Very cool. All right, wow, we got uh, way sidetracked. Way <laughs> Talking about state populations during the Super Bowl preview. Okay. <laughs> that was That's amazing. We know fun facts, Sam. Like, like you're welcome. Okay, you're True. welcome. Yes, let's look at that. I'm just throwing it in there. Throwing it in there. Sometimes, Sometimes you get sidetracked. Thank you, Jay right, so, Novacek. So, so, back. It's <laughs> not a legacy <laughs> game, Sam. Yes. What was your point? <clears throat> yes. All right. So, if if Andy Reid wins this, he he'd be two and two all time in the Super Bowl, and then um, obviously. But I I, th- I think the the point here is probably a bit more focused on Mahomes as we think about him in the quarterback rankings. Um, just, <laughs> I mean, this is a, a far out question, but. Can you call him an all-time great if he wins this this game? Mahomes? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, only a handful of quarterbacks, like you said, have two Super Bowls all together. True. I think it's, how many did you say? Uh, 13 if he wins this Yeah, 13 this quarterbacks have two Super Bowls. Yeah. I can guarantee that there are 13 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame right now that don't have two Super Bowls. Yeah. So, he's already up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one he lost, lost Tom Brady as well. He lost to the GOAT. Yeah, he did. Not only that, but he's he's doing it on the same team, which I think also helps like sustain his legacy, so to speak. So there's nothing wrong with going to a different team, winning a Super Bowl. That has its own clout as well. But there's just something more mystical about a quarterback that's going to stay in one place and build that dynasty within that team and organization. Mm-hmm. I think it just builds the resume of, like, this guy did it, he did it in one place. Granted, he was thrown to a perfect situation with Andy Reid, given all the great weapons with Tyreek Hill, uh, and like he's always just had really, really good players around him. Solid O lines, pretty damn good defenses. It's almost like he 
He's playing for a really good team, you know? Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Also, fun fact here about Patrick Mahomes is he is tied for the most passing yards ever in a college football game. 734 yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely awesome. Do you know who he's tied with? Connor Halliday from Washington State. Yep. Yes, sir. Hometown hero. Yes. And I believe Mike Mike Leach was the the coach for that game. Rest in peace. Yeah, so, so back, back to Jay, Jay Novacek, Novacek though, real quick. Yes, yes. Fun fact, he set the state pole vault record. Oh, my God. 15 feet, one inch. <laughs> He's also set state titles in the hurdles and an all-state basketball player. Damn. Wow. Okay, That's absolutely amazing, dude. That His was jersey is the only one retired in school history. Oh, wow. Allegedly. Allegedly. That's badass. This, this is Wikipedia, so. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. But, yes. I mean, that that could be... True. I believe that. Yeah. Just, Just athlete. athlete. Super yeah. athlete. How how old is he now? 62. 62. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost 63. Uh-huh. Crazy. That is wild, dude. That is wild. All right, so I, I was talking with Hardoop before the show here, just com- coming up with some uh, items to talk about re- relating to this massive game. And um, we thought it would be fun to do a position-by-position position ranking here to talk about who, which team has the matchup favored in their... Wow, I got... <laughs> That's just <laughs> total brain fog there. As I was trying to announce that, I just um, <clears throat> got sidetracked mentally. Um, I am so sorry, folks. So, position by position rankings to see which team has the upper hand. That was the phrase I was going for. Let's start with with quarterbacks here. Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. Um, If I'm going to pick here, just kind of going off of the brief facts, little tidbits here. um, Obviously, both QBs are up for the MVP. I think they will be 1-2 in that finish. Um, But I'm going to give the upper hand here to Patrick Mahomes just due to the fact that he has... A history of of playing in these massive games, um, and Jalen Hurts for as as great of a year as he's had, um, he he doesn't have experience in this matchup in this environment. So um, very very slight edge to to Pat here. Okay, but, I agree with that. Yeah, I think overall, just comparing resumes here, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, slight edge, mm-hmm. slight edge. Although both are playing at extremely high levels. Yeah, I would say like a half a point favored. Half a point. Just okay. one half. I like that. One I half. like that. All right, if we go to running backs here, <clears throat> you have Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon on the Chiefs. And then for the Eagles, you have Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and who's their their other guy on the Eagles uh, uh, for the running back? Uh, oh, right here. Kenneth Gainwell. Um, Once again, I think the, the, the Chiefs, it's it's tough because I really feel like I'm just comparing Isaiah to Miles. <laughs> That's all you can. Right. I mean, Boston Scott will get some reps on third down. For sure. Will probably get a couple carries as well. Mm-hmm. Just a spill for Sanders. Right. Yeah, for the most part, if you're just going to pair the number ones, Pacheco versus Sanders, I'm taking Sanders. Simply because Pacheco's a rookie. Yeah. Right. Pacheco runs really, really hard. In fact, there are a bunch of reports saying that, yeah, he runs angry, which that's the way... It's a good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, we'll take it, it is. Like that. He's a violent. He, he, runner. He's going to keep going downhill, and you have to bring him all the way to the ground, mm-hmm. all the way. No yes. arm tackles on this guy. Very true, but dude. He's, he's a Sanders, strong man. Thousand yard season plus. 
you know, probably one of the best running backs, honestly, in the league right now. Also probably one of the most underrated running backs in the league right now. A very dark horse candidate, right? Right. Yes, I agree. So, yep. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go Miles Sanders for sure. Okay, okay. For sure. You know, um, to your point, Isaiah obviously being a rookie, um, the way he runs and his yards per carry is absolutely amazing. I mean, he'll touch the ball 10, 12 times in a matchup and easily average over eight yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that explosiveness might give the Chiefs the upper hand, especially with the fact that it seems like like Andy Reid has been saving Isaiah for a big-time moment. Like, he is limiting those, those carries, like I said, to like 10, 12 per game. So he could... If he busts out for 15 to 20 carries in this game, which is highly unlikely, but if that still happens, got to give the, the the upper hand there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a fantastic mm-hmm. athlete. Yeah, Jarek McKinnon, though, pretty, pretty darn suitable as a backup. For sure, for sure. Been yes. in the game a long time. Very true. Long, long time. <clears throat> Very true. Very true. Wide receivers here. Um, Eagles, you have A.J. Brown. Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith. Quez Watkins. Yep, yep. Kobe Britton. And then uh, Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal, that, that's right. That's and right. And then we got uh, Juju, Justin Watson, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, mm-hmm. Darius Tony, Nicole Hardman, and Sky Moore. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, oh, wow. I mean, this this is a matchup of depth. Which which team can survive the longest? I do know that uh, going into this game, Kadarius Tony is questionable at the moment. I mean, I'm sure he will play, but. Um, uh, I'm going to probably give the matchup here to the Eagles. Just the fact that you have two receivers on that team who both had over 1,000 yards. Yeah. Um, there weren't too many other teams in the NFL this year to, to do that, I think, besides the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Jason Waddle. So, I mean, you you got to give the advantage to the Eagles for that one. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to pick this one. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the Eagles receiving core mm-hmm. all the way. Yes. There's, there's no question that their top three, much better than the other top three. Mm-hmm. Very much, true. Much better. Very As true. you stated, two thousand yard receivers, Mahomes, starting last week at least with with Valdez Scantling, they seem to have more of a connection, especially on the down downfield deep threat, mm-hmm. which really what Mar what Marquez Valdez Scantling is. He's a, a go route type of guy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he is. Especially during his time back in Green Bay. Uh, Juju has potential you know, to break out and be a stud as well. And then, frankly, Kadarius Tony, when he's on, he's a savage. Very true. He's a freak athlete. So there's, they're, they're comparable, mm-hmm. but clear cut edge to the Eagles. Yes, very true. Very true. Now, when we, when we go down to tight end, I think that upper hand is clearly displayed here in the form of tra- Travis Kelsey. I mean, there's not yeah. much. No offense to Dallas Goddard. Right. Who's also pretty damn good. And a former Cowboy. Former Cowboy. Goddard? I think so. I didn't know that. Huh. Dallas Goddard? Or know? maybe it's just because of his name that I I think he's a, a former Cowboy. <laughs> I mean, why not, right? Why not, dude? Nope, I'm sorry. He, he was drafted by the Eagles in 2018. Yeah, I was about to say. He's never played so. for the Cowboys. <laughs> Sounds like a Cowboy name, man. It does, dude. It does. And he's a big man. He's six foot five, two fifty-six. Hello, dude. Also from uh South Dakota. Okay. Yes. Guess his town population. Aberdeen. Um, Aberdeen, mm-hmm. South Dakota. Eleven hundred. Eleven hundred? I like that guess. I'm gonna raise you fifteen hundred. Okay, 
Oh, that's a big one. Okay, 29,000. That's <laughs> a big one. That's wow. a town. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Where it's at. Click on it real quick. Yeah, yeah, okay. Huh. Okay, Third so most populous town in, in the right state. Right on the border of North Dakota. Right. Okay. Right. Interesting. All right. Look at that. So the, the lone picture they have of Main the street. downtown area on the wiki page is a picture of snow. I mean, snow is is obviously in that picture. It's pic. going to be abundant over there. Yes, for sure, dude. Very abundant. For sure. Interesting, dude. Very, very abundant. Yeah. You know, I bet you the Dakotas were were popping like back in the 1800s when you had all the fur trade mm -hmm. going back and forth definitely and, uh, people definitely. coming over from europe yeah That's some oregon trail shit for sure dude <laughs> it really is <laughs> wait let, let's see okay that's where i-90 goes right through it that's right dude so it is it's the oregon trail yeah. the oregon trail although no oregon trail is closer to i-80 it is yeah it is it is. So the, yeah, yeah. Well, eight, I guess like 80 to 84 and then. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's where we're going Because like, uh, yeah, that stretch through Wyoming, they built the highway like basically the same way. Because oh. it, it, it goes through all the valleys. Uh-huh. Right. It the valleys. Right, right. Instead of going like over the mountains and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, and then you get to Oregon and you got Dead Man's Pass on the border. That's right. And then you're just like, well, fucking crazy hairpin turn. Wow, yep. look at the view. <laughs> I, I remember driving over that and I was like fuck 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 don't look right right oh my god dude how many miles is that it's a lot oh probably, probably like 1800 1810 oh 2170 2170 I guess the whole way yeah that's amazing people walked that yeah they did god damn dude it's been a long time months now is the Oregon Trail connected to Lewis and Clark yeah yeah okay yeah. okay all right. I think so, because they ended up in Eugene, Oregon. Right, right. They were like, we got to name this place for all of its beauty. The Lewis and Clark Expedition. Eugene. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Eugene, Oregon. Uh, all right, back, back to these positions. Right, right. right. All right, we're just going to go... Offensive line versus offensive line. Yeah, I mean... I don't really know. I don't know how to compare Joe Tooney versus no, you know, no. I, I don't know either. Landon Dickerson. Here I mean, like, is a, a tidbit to give you. Um, according to Pro Football Focus, yeah, the Eagles ended this season at no, the number one spot for most productive offensive line. Chiefs are number three, dude. So both of these offensive lines <clears throat> really have have no weak links. Um. So it's it's going to be fun to watch that matchup. Obviously, with the Eagles, you have two All Pros in Kelsey and, and Lane Johnson. Um, Jordan Mailata, Mailata, he's yeah. a fun dude. Drafted in the seventh round, I former mean, rugby guy. I mean, a, an absolute mountain of a man. I think he's like at least six foot eight, two. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, like three three twenty. Just he's a big, he's a big boy. <laughs> and watching him play. Rugby, like at the U18 level, he was absolutely smashing, ripping up the field. <laughs> yeah, my, my dog agrees with you. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, and the Chiefs, too. <clears throat> I mean, I think uh, Andrew Wiley was um, a very sore spot for that, that offensive line. Um, 
I want to say he allowed quite a few sacks this this year. I think if they can upgrade on him going into next year, they should be fine. Um, but going back, to one last point here. Um, oh, I'm sorry. One last point uh, is the Eagles' offensive line was the most penalized line in the in the NFL this, this past year. 44 flags. Wow, dude. But I mean, Hopefully that's flags don't come into a factor here. Yeah, true. Let's look up the uh, Super Bowl officiating crew. Oh, Carl Sheffers and his his crew. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's it. Let's see the uh, penalties. Pen no. Oh yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> Let's check this out. Sharp football analysis. Just to give credit where credit is due. Yes. Yep, Carl Sheffers. Mr. Sheffers. Mr. Mr. Sheffers. Led the NFL in penalties per game. Fuck. <laughs> wow. That could certainly come into play here against that Eagles offensive line. Wow. Interesting. Averaging 13 per... 12.5 per game. That's a lot of flags, dude. Yeah, that is a lot of flags. That's a busy crew. That is a very busy wow. crew. Flag, 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 flag. <laughs> Flag, 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 flag. That's like seven drives extended. Yes, for sure. Perhaps. For sure, dude. Perhaps. That's a lot of yards right there. A lot there. of yards, dude. A lot of they yards. They average 123 yards. Mm-hmm. That's more than the run game. Very true, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. That's a pretty good day. All right, going defense. Yes. So um, these two teams led the NFL in sacks this uh, year. So that... Eagles first with 70, Chiefs with 55. Cowboys right there at third place with 54. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, I'm going to give the edge here to the Eagles and Hassan Reddick. The man is a wrecking ball at, at the linebacker spot. Um, and, and I think they're, let's see, they're defensive backs. Um, James Bradbury has has played quite quite well this year. Sneed. But Darius Slay is a beast. Jerry's. Oh, I, I didn't know. Oh, that, yeah. That, that's how you I'm spell sorry. it. Right, all right. Legarius LJ Sneed. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give the edge here still to the Eagles, though. Even if Chris Jones is on that side for the Chiefs, yeah, I, that all-pro D-tackle. Yeah, yeah. Especially with a healthy Josh Sweat. Mm-hmm. Darius Slay, one of the best corners in the league. Yeah, very true. Man. Yep. Yeah, yeah two, two good defenses. defenses yeah, again, slide edge to the Eagles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Slide edge to the Eagles. Yeah, for sure. I think Vegas moves the same way because they're giving them the, they're giving them the points. Yeah, they are. They, they are. They are. Mm-hmm. Special teams here. Um, Chiefs by a handful. This is not even close. Uh, so the 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 starting punter for the Eagles, uh, his last name is Sippus, I, I believe. He's injured, so they had to. <clears throat> Signed Brett Kern, who was retired last year. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, when when Brett was in his prime, he was a stud muffin. I mean, I I believe he went to the Pro Bowl at least once or twice in his career. Um, but yeah, Harry Butts for the Chiefs for one, one game. game. Yeah, so that a chance to win a ring. Pretty much. <laughs> How about that, dude? The, the funny, funny thing is, is that he, he might not even have to work. work. Yeah, like, exactly, dude. Depending, depending on situations. situations. Yep. Very true. Very true. That's funny. But Harrison Butker here and Tommy 
Townsend, both absolute beasts at their respective spots. Um, I know Tommy has the all-time NFL record for highest hang time ever on a punt at almost six seconds. I want to say it was like 5.94. That gives your your coverage team so much time to run downfield. Mm-hmm. Dear God, dude, that's an absolute blast. And and Harry Butts, he he has been injured for some good portions of this 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 past year with that sprained ankle. But um, looking at him last week when he helped the, the Chiefs win with that that game winner, I want to say it was like a 45-yarder. Um, he has a cannon. So specialists here, no doubt, go to the Chiefs. And also Isaiah Pacheco, return man for the Chiefs. Big time. Yeah. I, I like Boston, Boston Scott on the other side, side too. Mm-hmm. He had a couple big returns last, uh, last time there in the Super Bowl. Uh, he's, yeah. I think uh, Harrison Butker, slight, slight edge in the place kicker as well compared to Jake Elliott. Mm-hmm. But is it going to come down to special teams this game? <laughs> I, I don't know. You, you never know. know. I, I think, think it's, it's going to come down, down to a key field goal late. Yes, for sure. So it's, it's a push between Bucker and Elliott. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. I think it's a push. Agreed. Yeah. No, no pun, pun intended. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Predictions. Oh, the big moment. The big moment. The moment has risen. Man, I haven't even thought about this. Right, dude. Okay. I'm going to give my prediction here. <clears throat> Eagles will cover... 24-21. Damn. Fuck. On the record now. Okay. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Ooh. Ooh. I can't even say it's unbiased. I just don't like Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. I might win. It's going to be a really close game. It's, it's going to be a really close game. game. I, I, I know for a fact it's going to be a really close game. In fact, if it's a blowout, I mean, I'll be perplexed. However, yes, for sure, for sure. Mahomes been there. Reed been there. Hurts. He's shown that he's ready to be on the big stage. Yes. I think it's going to come down to the coaches making decisions, when to go for it, when not to, how it's going to pay off, how it's not. I'm going to go with Andy Reid's slight edge over Sirianni just based upon experience. I like that. And I think that at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes, he's just going to find a way to get it done. If they get the ball back with an opportunity to either go win the game or go steal the game, I think that they're going to be able to go out and do that. So, yeah, I'm going to go final score. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, 34-31 Chiefs. Oh, high scoring. What's the spread on this? I'm sorry, not the spread, but the over-under. Let me check. I got too many tabs open. Yeah, same here, dude. So the over-under is 50. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Say over. Over 50. And if I pick 24-21, I'm going to go under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so last little note here for the big game. The last time... The, the two number one seeds met in the Super Bowl was back in 2017 when the Eagles won against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Mm. High-flying game, 41-34. Yep. I think was the final score. That sounds about right. Tom, Tom Brady threw for fucking 500 yards. Yes, he did, dude. But Nick Foles um, had a, a whale of a game. He, he did. did. He caught a touchdown. Yeah, that, that's right. He did. That's, that's right. right. 
Tom, Tom Brady dropped his opportunity to do the same thing. Yeah, but I love that <laughs> McDaniel yeah, had yeah, the yeah. same play. He was uh-huh. like, "Oh, you guys want to run that? Like, we, we got, got one too." <laughs> and if he caught it, he would have walked into the end zone. Yes. It was like a little overthrown because uh-huh. they hit him right in the fingertips. Right. But yeah. If he caught that, that would have. Ooh. Man, been the ultimate answer, dude. It would have been crazy. Wow. Very cool. Well, we will be watching that game obviously next weekend. Um. And uh, do you want to do a podcast af- after the game just to talk about the entire season, or maybe just yeah, that, definitely, that game? Definitely. Yeah, we're not done. done. We're not done here. No, no, we are not. We're definitely not done. We are not. Yeah, we'll 100 do a Super Bowl breakdown. Yes, a review of sorts. No doubt. No doubt. Cheers. All right. Monologues. Monologue time. Oh, it's that time. It's that time. Would you like to go first, my friend? Sure, I can. I gotta close my tabs. Yeah, take your time. Take your time. Take your time. So today, today, folks, the theme, all-star games. Not anyone in particular, not any specific league. I'm just talking in general. Are they really necessary? Honestly. NFL, Pro Bowl, they're getting away from the game of football. The closest thing that they're doing to football is playing flag football, which I can actually appreciate. But the rest of the things... The longest drive, the cornhole. Come on, give me a break. You got to go back to your old days if you're going to do a skills competition. We want to see them do football skills. I understand that we're not going to play a live contact football game because I agree that is ludicrous. No one wants to go out there and risk any injury. But let's go have them perform and do what they do on the field and do what they do in the combines, and just watch them go out and compete. I can appreciate that. But don't try to throw together this entertainment weekend with honestly what I think is kind of just some shenanigans. Now, the same thing with the NHL All-Star Weekend. The three-on-three round-robin tournament, I think it's entertaining as hell. But at the same time, some of the skills and just how the advertising and marketing for everything, it's just got no more buzz. Not enough people are as interested in the All-Star game because it doesn't really mean anything. Outside of just a time where the teams and the sports and the leagues and the fans can come together and celebrate their stars, which that's what it should be, there's nothing else really that brings about a buzz to any of these games. Now, I will say, back in the day when the MLB added the the consequence of the winner of the All-Star game gets home field advantage in the World Series... Fuck yeah, that was sweet. Because that game mattered. That was game 163 in the middle of the season where those players tried and it was actually a very entertaining game. Now, I understand that as the manager, you you don't want to be in a situation where you got to go and put someone else's starting pitcher out there to pitch one more inning (laughs) because you you need and want to get home field advantage. Especially if you're someone like Dusty Baker at the time or uh, that's going to be in a situation where he's like, hey, I'm probably going to be in the World Series or at least have a contention to be so. So what you got to do is either you got to make it more a point of contention and give some meaning to the All-Star game if you want to create buzz around it. Or just nix the game, make it like more of an award ceremony. You can still do these skills competitions if you want to, but any kind of real physical playing of the sport is essentially unnecessary itself at this point. So, all-star games, are you a thing of the past? 
I think that no one would be sad if you no longer played the game. You can still have the quote-unquote all-star break where you can go out and honor these players for the for, for the years that they're having. But you don't got to play the games anymore, Sam. You really don't. I would wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, honor the players for, for, for like what they've achieved in uh, throughout the season. Give them the break halfway. But again, the games, no more games. No more games. <laughs> now, I will say, <clears throat> the only game I, I still want to see year after year is the home run derby. Yeah, I think but that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the skills competition. True. Yes. Which I am I'm totally for. Like I enjoy that. Yeah. But there's no need to put on any kind of like rendition or some kind of like quote unquote I don't want to say fake, but just like a, a version of which that just isn't you know it, it's not the game, you know. Right. And I think flag football also like mimics the game enough where like we don't want to watch these guys play flag. Like just have them again yeah, just just I don't care, he's fucking Honor the guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Craziness. Agreed. What are you talking about today, Sam? So I thought I would enter the world of the NHL, um, a topic I have not discussed during my monologue ever. So this is uh, definitely stepping out of my com- comfort zone. But I did see <clears throat> last night a very special moment in the All-Star celebrations, if you will call them that, for the NHL. Um, Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby, two personalities kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum in the, in the, in the NHL. I mean, Alex being that, that, um, more than life brash personality from Russia. And then Sidney Cros just being a very soft-spoken Canadian. They, they formed a duo in the breakaway challenge. Um, and Alex included his four-year-old son, Sergey to join them in this event. Um, Ovi Jr., that's that's what he had on, on the back of his jersey. But to watch him skate out on onto the ice and join those two stars, the way he <laughs> made it look effortless just floating on the ice at four years of age, the kid has a lot of potential down the road. Wow, wow. That's absolutely amazing. Um, and And more to that point, Sydney and Alex entered the, the NHL at the same time back in 05, 06. Um, I mean, arguably the biggest player versus player rivalry. I mean, you know, if you look back at it from the years. So just a, a very cool moment there. Um, a reason to get excited as a, a dad. I'm not a dad, <laughs> but I'm sure for, for, for dads out there, that was a nice message to send home. So... Yeah, dude. There we go. Very nice, Sam. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Short but sweet. Yeah. Excellent. Just like the moment itself. Right on, brother. Well, we will be watching the the big time game next weekend and uh, give you our post game analysis, which I'm I'm sure will be fun to break down after witnessing history. So, um, Hardu, it's it's been an absolute blast as always. As been always. A fun past few months here in the studio with you and we'll just keep on trucking along yes we will sam hell yeah all right guys thanks for listening shout out to all of our uh wannabe sponsors and potential sponsors yes Just let us know mm-hmm. reach on out adios